victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Well, in the weeks leading up to November 19th, the start of this current, or gone now, most recent A-League men's season, I don't think anyone not wearing a green and black jersey, either professionally or as a fan, would have given Western United a shot or their tip as winner of the 2021-22 A-League Men's Grand Final. But it doesn't matter because they've done it. They have done it. Western United 2-0 over Melbourne City in the A-League Men's Grand Final. History being made, their first ever championship in just their third season of existence. It was quite an occasion. Jason Goldsmith. Hello, Lockie. Yeah, it was. They were the better team on the night. They had the better finals campaign out of anyone. And um, a master class in coaching from Johnny Aloisi. And congrats to all involved with Western United. Um, magnificent effort. Third season. And they've uh, taken home the toilet seat. It's pretty well, impressive. Well, I, I said that, that all, the, all the pundits, all the important people, even unimportant people, wouldn't have maybe given Western United a sniff of generating this time, uh, this kind of a result. Back in November, did did they figure in your estimations as a as a team who would who would go the stretch? No, I think um, for for mine it was you know they've recruited a bit of a dad's army in terms of uh, their list, and only really Jamie Young was the the older guy that stayed on the park mm-hmm. towards the end of it, and he proved what an absolute, absolutely outstanding goalkeeper he is. Indeed. He probably had the final series of of all final series if you look at some of his saves. Um, but we'll go back a week, maybe, and you're a bit of a Nostradamus then, Lockie. You basically tipped the the tactics, the score, the medalist, the winners. You got it all. Yeah, well, I look, I, you know what they say about broken clocks, Jason? They are right <laughs> twice a day. And uh, that was one of my two for the day that time around. Yeah, so I'll pretty- take it. Lord knows I've said far worse things, <laughs> uh, made far worse predictions. But yeah, um, look, I, I, I'm pretty sure I did say without having listened back to it myself that the first goal was always going to be pretty decisive and in this game earliest one in history. and I, ju- and I just didn't yep. know that it would happen that quickly and I think that that was while I would have been interested to see how the game panned out if it didn't happen yep. that that outcome I think was was perfect perfect for Western United and they did exactly what they needed to do what from that point onwards what they've done most seasons they get an early lead and they defend it but you know yeah it was a minute 40 or something they got the corner yeah um an own goal against uh, Nuno Race, but um, uh, if you look back and, and watch that, Alex, they, that, that was Priovic's goal because they, he was the target man and there was four defenders around him in Melbourne City. They knew that's where they're going. Yeah. yeah, And, yeah, as you said, he was instrumental in that. He was my prediction for, for, for the Johnny Warren going into it. No, and Joe Marston. Joe the Marston. Joe Marston, yes. yes sir. Yep. Well, he's my prediction for the Johnny <laughs> Warren as well. He was that good. Um, he, could, he could have won it. Anyway. Uh, he was my prediction for the the Joe Marston. And, I mean, while he maybe faded a little bit in the last 20 minutes of the game, he was truly he was instrumental. Yeah. And and even the second finish, controversial initially, though it may have been VAR eventually uh, proving that it was very much onside. Yeah. And actually, I've got to say, well done to the VAR for running it so efficiently this time. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very nice. It was very refreshing, quite enjoyable. We did a really good job. But... um. 
the the way I I said it um, on Twitter at the time was that's exactly what you get these kind of strikers in to do. It wasn't a chance of um, the highest quality in terms of uh, a team you know, conception of a, of a move or anything like that. But the ball fell to him. It was fortuitous. There might have been a question of, of offside. He could have been distracted by that yep. question. But he just turned the ball into the back of the net without even taking a second thought. Yep. And that's exactly what you need from a visa striker. And throughout the stretch of the final series, obviously player of the match in the grand final, but I think he was player of the whole the whole series for me. The amount of times he popped up with important goals, um, his positional play allowing other players to get into goal-scoring positions, I just don't think anyone else uh, had a more sizable impact on their team or on Western than, than he. Maybe maybe the bloke at the other end with the gloves on. Yeah, I, would, that, I, would, no, I would argue that's true. Um, because uh, if you look go back to the elimination final and Jamie Young mm. save, that's what gets them through to the the playoff with the victory. Uh, yeah, but other side other side of the coin, yeah. no one else on that on that pitch was was getting the fine kind of finish that Alex Prebich no, was no, able no, to no, find. No, 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 I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that he was also in the in the conversation. No, no, that's I agree. So with Pre- you on and Prebich kicks the fir- scores the first two for um, Western United against. Uh, Melbourne victory in the in the second leg, which is basically wins them that that, yeah. that to take them through, mm-hmm. and then yeah, um, City knew it. There were that there was four four guys. All the big fellas jumped up with Previc at that first corner, and and couldn't stop him basically having the influence that it's going that it was going in, um, and and from there scoring the second, which turned out to be the the final goal. It was um. It was the perfect performance. They got the lead early and they held on to it. And if you look at the stats, they had one corner for the game, and that was that one in the in the first minute and a half. Yeah, well, I mean the the final the final stat sheet from from this game did have City having uh, 60 odd percent possession. I think it was sixty three. The final tally: yeah. uh, sixteen shots across the ninety. Only one shot on target inside the first half, though. Yeah. Is that stat sheet? Uh, does that stat sheet well it suggests that that City ran them quite close despite the scoreline? Is that consistent with what no, you no, saw no, no, on no. the day? You and I were both. I don't think it was. No, not at all. You and I were both there. They were stale. They were stale, mm. right? And they were two 0 down after thirty minutes. So they should have been chasing the game, and and tactically they didn't do much to try and change things up. It's, it's like it's it's quite disappointing. I was sitting at the City end, um, having watched the grand final and being there last year when they didn't have. Their front um, didn't have any of their Socceroos available. They were missing what? Good Metcalf, um, McLaren, Naboot was injured, wasn't in the squad, mm. and they had to change things up. And they changed things up and had things that were a little bit unexpected. They had a little bit of pace, a little bit of ball control, and a few match winners. And you talk of their last year's finals campaign; it was Tilio and Kolakowski. And come this uh, grand final. Tilio is the one that ch- changed the game. We talked about in the, in the second leg of the semi against Adelaide for them to get to the yeah. grand final. Tilio was the, the one that changed things up. He's in the soccer squad. He's that impact player. He makes a difference. It took way too long to bring him on. Yeah. He couldn't make an impact. He came on at seven, 70 minutes or maybe it was 65, even whatever it was. They made a switch at half time. It was 66. 66. 66. Okay. He needed to be on at half time. They're 2 0 down at half time and they're chasing yeah. the game. He needed to come on. Well, and, and you talk about the impact that he made when he was given that chance in the grand final last year yeah. and last week against Adelaide. The yeah. substitution that was made 
in around a similar time of the game, around 60, 60 70 minutes in the semi-final against Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Roston Griffiths and Tilio both coming on yep. in tandem with one another. Yep. We saw that really, really work well. And while I think it was more to do with Tilio than it was to do with Griffiths, uh, Patrick Isnobo was very fervent in his praise for both those players and what they brought to the team. And yet only uh, one of them came into the starting 11, and that was Griffiths. And I, I just... You say you say that he he should have been uh, on at half time. I think he should have been starting to begin with. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, it, it was it, very pedestrian in terms of the coaching selector. Sorry, Tim. No, no. Finish, but I just it seemed pedestrian. It's like this is what's got us through most of the season having that front three, but they have been quite um, pretty much out of form going into it. And then the X factors that made the changes in these finals this year and, and last year, and the ones that they needed, they didn't do. And then the fact that they made a change, Kisnorma made a change at half time. So he took off uh, Jenkinson for Galloway. Galloway gives you a few. He actually had a couple of shots. Yeah, in the a second bit more half. of that um, inverted kind of movement, I guess. Jenkinson, Jenkinson's been good all season. I mean, he's a, like he is a consummate professional. He's a pro. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, do, he's doesn't a good do, He doesn't do things wrong, but he doesn't provide that spark, which is what they needed. No. So uh, that change for Galloway was good. But then they left Kolakovsky and Boss on the on the bench as well. Like he made the three subs, he made three cha- three players, yeah. right? Instead of some double changes and the rest of it. But so also, also, how much can you really hope for a singular fullback, important or useful in an attacking sense, though he may be, mm. um, to to change, change a game? The game. Yeah, a, a fullback, yeah. and there's a reason that so many uh, Australian players that are young, the most position in which they're most likely to get minutes is in fullback, it's probably because it's at times can be the position of like lowest risk in Australian football. That's a place where you can put them and they maybe, if they make a mistake, uh, in a fullback slot, possibly doing the, the yeah. least uh, amount of damage. I think that, and, you know, a lot of Australian players are fast physical players and that's yeah. a good good qualities to have as a, as a fullback. I don't think that's a coincidence. But I want to go back to the Tilio thing because it really, really aggravated me and this is as someone who didn't have a horse in the race mm-hmm. on the day obviously I have people that I like from both sides and yep. maybe some from both sides that I dislike as well yes but I couldn't believe after the impact he had in that semi-final against Adelaide that he wasn't starting this game now the the logic I can understand or the logic I, I can ima- I'm imagining Patrick Isnorbo went with on the day mm-hmm. is that Tilio having the impact that he had in the semi-final against Adelaide when he came on around 70 minutes, was because of the state of the game. It's towards the end of the fixture. The lines are stretched. It's easier for a player like him to have an impact off the bench. But in a grand final, and you're you're welcome to to disagree, I don't think you can gamble on being level or being in with a sniff uh, against a Western United side who are known for taking leads and sitting on them. Um you can afford to take that gamble. I think someone who is so impactful um, should have started in this game. You can't go in with a mentality of, oh, we'll be level at 70 minutes and then we'll bring our impact player on to change the game. Because by the time Tilio came on in this game, it's and while he, he did done. make City yeah. better, the game was already finished. If you had have given him 45 minutes, particularly either to play alongside Florin Berenguer or start in place of Florin Berenguer, who still was very clearly, while he had a few good moments, uh, probably more off the ball than he did on, yeah. um, was clearly still being hampered by recovery yeah. from injury. No. Why couldn't he have started either in tandem or in place of Florin Berenguer? Because, well, by the time he came on, as we said, 
the game was already dead. Hindsight, hindsight is a beautiful thing, as we know, but it was tactically they were outplayed and they didn't really didn't move the chess pieces around much at all to change that up. You know, they're two 0 down at half time. You should be making three changes. You got three subs. You didn't make you make five changes to three at the one time mm. and mix it up because you're chasing the game. But it didn't appear to do it. So McLaren hardly touched it. Naboot looked. Um, Pedestrian at best as well, and and Leckie didn't have a, 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 that crash hotter game. The defence for Western United was outstanding. Kilkenny was controlling it in the middle as he has done the last few weeks. Yeah, and Previch, as we talked about, how dangerous he was at the front, uh, up front. Um, congrats to them. Wonderful, wonderful victory. Not one they'd probably go back and watch the game again. Maybe yeah. stick to the highlights, but um, it was good. A great crowd too. And one thing that I was very, um, very happy with, and you know, twenty two thousand. Is a very good crowd for those these two clubs. It really is, and the the green and black end made a lot of noise, and a lot of Western United fans. It was fantastic. Something for them to build on. Hopefully, we want to get uh, another team in Melbourne or in the A League built up. I was I was very impressed. With yeah, that. absolutely. Again, like like I was saying before, with the you know this time at the start of the A League season, would anyone have given Western United a shot of this result? Mm-hmm. Equally. Uh, while so there, while there were some people online who were like, "Oh, twenty two thousand, and we're celebrating," you know, do you not yeah. remember when A League Grand Final crowds used to be double this size or something like that? Well, I actually think that a given the regular season attendances of these sites, if you had have gone at the start of the season to someone and say Melbourne City and Western United will pull twenty two thousand people at mm. the Grand Final, every single person, even without the knowledge of how uh, challenging of a season it would be thereafter would absolutely have taken that. Absolutely. Uh, yep. And another thing we were we, we mentioned, uh, not only was it great to see that wall of green and black uh, on that sort of end, they, in terms of voice in this mm, game, they made some noise. as, as we thought might be the case, uh, they gave as good as they got against the City Actives. Yeah. I, I, I thought they made a, a great noise, and it really was, even though the game wasn't always the best watch for... Uh, a neutral um, because of the the nature of how it was played out and what Western were trying to do um, on and off the ball, it was still really pulsating because, or at least to be in the stadium because of that noise. It in had grand final, yeah. It, it it's so good because it, it it reminded me what this league can be and what it is when it's got. Those when it's great, when, yeah, when it's, it's got good. those yes, intangibles yes. around it, when it's got the little periphery elements, because two sets of active fans making noise turns a game that isn't that engaging of a watch into a real, real um, entertaining contest. Because you've got that rhythm and the tempo of of active fans making mm. that noise, really punctuating and accenting the game. It completely changes uh, the the product that you're looking at. If that had have been it. Simmons yeah. uh, in Geelong played in front of 5,000 people, I-, I would not have analysed or looked at that game or enjoyed that game in the same way. But because there were so many people, uh, even though it wasn't the best football product, it was great. Agree. And I, and was, I was stoked with the number. 100% stoked. I, was, I agree with you completely. Um, and the venue only holds 28,000 too. The people, it's mm. actually not, it was all like it, there, was, there, was, there was gaps and there was holes, but it's almost full. There was 14,000 last year because the Sydney fans couldn't travel. 22 is is more than successful given crowds have been down the whole season and Australian sports crowd are down across all codes, not just football, right? All codes, the crowds are down. Yeah. So it's a result. Um, one thing that I read today, interesting enough, when you look at reviewing the season, 
Of the 226 fixtures of the A-League season, 113 of them were rescheduled. Mm. Half of the games didn't play when they were supposed to play. So we, 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 we had take some pot shots sometimes of the organisers and, um, and crowds and TV coverage and the rest of it. They've had to reschedule and make sure that the season finishes. So I'd like to sort of send a congratulations or a warm round of applause at the fact that we did get there, you know. We had Wellington, we had Perth Glory based on the East Coast yeah. for a long time and had to reschedule all these games. And um, football fans found it hard to know when the team was playing and where the games were and Indeed. that kind of thing. And that Indeed. will add to the whole thing as well, you know. Having Monday games, Tuesday games, Wednesday games. We had games on every day of the season pretty much the last few weeks. So the last few months. So it feels like this season's gone for four or five years, but yeah. um, it's done. And I think uh, as good as some of the things to come out of the grand final were, I, I think you're making, you're raising the right things in the sense that we, we shouldn't gloss over all the, yep. the challenges that that have been faced this season. I mean, we have had so much stuff, um, good or good, bad and otherwise, yep. uh, more often than not bad or otherwise, happen this season that even the the month delay that we took at the start of this year to sort of allow everyone to catch up and you know let COVID sort Mm -hmm. of uh, travel through the playing groups and give them that immunity kind of thing I just forgot that that happened it feels like it happened two years ago it was the start of this year it's (laughs) unbelievable but to that end as difficult as this season has been at times to watch to follow um, to defend, all of those sorts of things, on and off the park. This grand final, being there in person, seeing both sets of active fans, seeing a team who have had their challenges and their external criticisms in Western United provide something to their fan base, yep. uh, to potential fans that gives them hope, this this did make me think, okay, m- maybe... And I, I don't know, maybe fallen for that bug again that oh next season will be might be better. You know, what? and when when the when the stadium in Tarnit's built, if they stick to ten or fifteen thousand seat mm. stadium, that they would actually make a lot mm. of noise at would be perfect, Look, right? And because we we get hung up on uh you know victory played at, at Marvel Stadium or whenever it used to be called, and they'd get forty thousand and stuff. It wasn't the right football stadium. You get the right rectangular football yeah. stadium like we've got in other parts of the country, then you don't need to work on numbers. You need to work on atmosphere and making it somewhere that people want to yeah. come back to. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I don't think all of the, the problems that we've dealt with this year will necessarily be fixed mm-hmm. by the start of next season. I don't know if they'll be fixed during the season. I can't guarantee any of these things. My level of trust for Australian football, pretty limited. But it was just nice to remember that when the A-League is good, it it can be it's great. really yeah. really really good because that noise, um, no, nowhere else in the in the country, uh, no other code is 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 doing that in the same way. There is nothing else like it, and we can, <laughs> we will hopefully someday recapture that and have it be a more a, regular I'm, thing. I'm a believer, like you, lucky. I think so too, and I think the. The uh, A-League All-Stars leading into that was quite a joyous watch on Wednesday night against Barcelona in terms of a nice crowd. And the crowd turned from cheering from Barcelona to cheering for the A-League All-Stars and seeing our young guns on display and that kind of thing. That is a, you know, a lot of people are sceptical over, you know, 
things like the kits and the squad Well, I mean, we were, we were pretty apathetic yeah, absolutely. going into it, for I sure. I'll hold my hands up. I jumped off the couch when Cole was going to put him 3-1 up, you know. Like, it was actually pretty exciting. But anyway, when when the football's good and football, it, it is really good. It's really worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I, I do want to touch on a few more elements to sort of come out uh, of the game. We've, we've sort of touched on the fact that maybe Patrick is Norbo I think has to hold his hands up for mm-hmm. for the way this game played out. Obviously, conceding a, a, an early goal is never ideal, but I think there are a lot of issues um, with the approach, with the changes, with the selections that, for me, co- cost his team the game. But yep. that's maybe giving too much of a focus to where City went wrong mm-hmm. and not enough of a focus to where Western United went right. Not just in this game but over the course of the final series. Because, I mean, cast your mind back to the start of of the series. Mm-hmm. Western United were limping into the finals. They went from a team who were right into the race uh, to finish top with City to sort of clinging onto that third spot and some of their fans legitimately nervous about the prospect of facing a Wellington side that who had comprehensively beaten them on a number of occasions during the season. So yeah. to go from where they were and to have battled through the injuries that they've had uh, to get to this result is a remarkable achievement. And it was great for the likes of those players who weren't able to feature Nikolai Topol-Stanley. Uh, Stephen Lustiger obviously came back mm-hmm. for this game and played really well when yeah. he was on. And Alessandro Diamanti, Riston, who yeah. came back. There was just a, a lot of things to... Even if you do have your criticisms about Western United as a club, I think there was a lot of really nice narratives to um, dig into and feel for positively for Absolutely. about the Western United players. Which was better for you, Diamante changing into the full strip for the celebrations, or Josh Risden dropping <laughs> dropping some expletives? Oh, in his, in his, I think it has to. Thank yous. I think it has to be the Diamante the Diamante thing because I, I was right up close to that when I saw it I had to delete my I did tweet a photo of him wearing the full kit yeah uh, and so he was uh, going you know uh, John Terry style because uh, my I had to delete my original version of the tweet though because I captioned it as a uh, Alessandro Diamante was going full John Terry and yep. I think to go full John Terry okay, is uh, not particularly yeah, appropriate yeah. so that was swiftly <laughs> taken down yeah uh, but I I really really loved that and the other thing as well is there was some great redemption arcs, I think, in in this side that got to taste championship glory. I mean, as I said last week, Connor Payne is not a player that when he came to Western United, a lot of people really rated all that highly, and he's gotten this success. Was he headbutted? Do you reckon Jenkinson hit him in the head in that first in the first? Yeah, half? I don't know if it was, it was a close. red. I think they were both sort of toing and froing. They were, a bit, yeah, handbags at four paces. Yeah, but it was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yes, yes, they redemption, also, correct. And yes. they also put together a side who just coincidentally, I think, were uniquely well-placed to be motivated to get a result yep. against City. Yeah, Kilkenny, who was uh, frozen out under Warren Joyce during his time at Melbourne City, despite being incumbent player of the season for City. Yep. You had Ben Garuccio, who obviously had uh, won the championship last year with City, but been well and truly second fiddle, struggled for game time. And prob- now, probably the biggest highlight of the season too with his Scorpion kick yeah, goal on top he's, of that he's had the, yeah. had the biggest individu- individual highlight of the season. He's finished as the A-League's team of the season left back ahead mm-hmm. of Melbourne City's uh, fullback yeah. options, might I add, and he's won the championship. And then Lockie Wales, a player who maybe didn't leave on bad terms internally with City, but 
was harangued consistently by City fans and he's been a crucial part of their season, of their finals run. And players like that, you kind of just have to feel happy for them because they they deserve it. Like I was I was stoked for Lockie Wales having having um rallied against a, a really difficult time at, at City to to push on in the way that he has and get this result. It's hard not to be happy for people like Absolutely. That. And you know who we haven't spoken about? John Aloisi. Yeah. Like what a, what a story. Talk about for, redemption yeah, yeah. arcs. Yeah, that's like probably John, the best John, one. John Aloisi, he gets his first coaching gig at Melbourne Hearts, right? Australian football legend. You look at his playing career, right? He's the, he's the first guy to play in all the big – first Australian to play in all the big leagues of the Premier League, La Liga and Serie A. Um, he comes back. Mariners, Sydney FC, Melbourne Heart as a as a player, and mm. um, gets the heart gig as a coach. Doesn't go very very well. No. He's in the wilderness for a little while. Gets a Brisbane Raw gig. Um, does quite well with Brisbane actually. He gets them quite up there. They were third and fourth and played in finals and stuff. And yeah, then he sort of gets. He, the, he was up against some pretty difficult circumstances in terms owners, of the ownership and, owners and all the rest of it. Yeah. Stuff, yeah, and then Victory didn't want him. That was the other story that they didn't want him as coach, and so. He's come down here. His family's remained in Brisbane as well. Oh, really? Yeah, as he's gone through the process. Yep. So a lot of, there's a lot of players in that Western United list, like Kilkenny and the rest of it. So with all the yeah, why well, killer? Yeah, we knew all about. the all the COVID um, issues and the state borders and things like that. So mm. John's been down here by himself, and um, he's getting massive, massive raps, and rightly so. He has been a, the master tactician and and got them the toilets. Yeah, absolutely. And look, has it has it been the most enterprising and engaging football to watch over the stretch if you're not a Western United supporter? Maybe not. But it has been effective and it has delivered a result that not just for the club but also for the individual. I don't think many people uh, would have said that John Aloisi would come back from the Melbourne Heart days or maybe even from the the Brisbane Raw days where, yes, he did make semifinals but, again, the football wasn't always Mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, It did have a bit of a dad's army feel. Um, that he would have come back from those those stints to be a championship winning manager in the A-Leagues. I don't think a lot of people would have penciled that in as Not an outcome. All. And yet, despite the criticisms of the style from some people, it has delivered um, a momentous result for him as an individual and a momentous result for the club. And now the wheels are already in motion, Jason, they are, they are. for this Socceroos legend to... Uh, go forth and, and, and maybe step into the uh, soon-to-be, you'd expect, vacant national team job. Well, now, Arnie's, Arnie's contract is to the end of this campaign. So whether that's um, in two weeks' time or six, seven months' time, mm. it, it ends this year. They'll be looking for a new coach. I'm well, sure. how, how do you see that sort of talk? Because John Aloisi at the has... Moment, at the moment, it's, it's newspaper talk. It's social media talk. They, they asked him the question and he said he'd be honoured to do it. And everyone's there... running with a quote. But there'll be a job. There will be a job available to coach the national team. Is there merit some from your perspective? Would you be happy with that? Because me personally, I think we should be massively pumping the brakes on this. <laughs> Why? Well, look. tell you what, if we don't, if we don't beat the UAE, then he'll get fast tracked in, get parachuted into the job pretty quickly. You're, you're, you're certain that that he'll well, he'll be next. I don't think they have the money to go after a big name coach and you've got a four-year World Cup cycle to begin again. So, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to... We'll see how it works. Anyway, I, I, I think we... I just think... We're jumping too soon. I think we are jumping too soon. I just soon, think, but can he, we maybe just... Let's not get caught up in 
the sort of the rush. I think we I think maybe it might be time to might be another chance for us Take not to okay. go after an Australian coach. As much as Andrews praised the strength of Aussie coaches and all that sort of thing, we have seen this style of football um you know, transition heavy, um, maybe a little bit more um, less possession focused. We have seen that have plenty of success in the A-League. Yep. And Graham Arnold also delivered heaps of results in the A-League with yep. a similar brand. Old people. And it old hasn't. Players, old players. And it hasn't worked at no. an international the, level. The so only I reason, just think. The only reason that it will happen, the same reason that MacArthur have appointed Dwight yeah, York, no. is that. Everyone in mainstream Australia knows who Johnny Aloisi is from a player, from, right? That's from, what, from a marketing point of view and the rest of it, that's yeah. the reason they From a PR it. perspective, it's yeah. it's a it's a no-brainer. And I, I will say this to you, I did an interview with John Aloisi uh, a, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. for, for the Green Room for Western United's club show. And after 15 minutes of sitting down with him, I mentioned to someone who was there on the day, that guy is going to be Socceroos manager. You just know that he will. Yeah. And I'm not, I am in no doubt that, it's a matter. It's probably a matter of when, not if for John. But I don't think the when is now because I, 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 like I said, we have had Australian coaches who have been massively successful in the A League playing a certain brand of football, and it hasn't translated to the national team role. We are just coming off that experience with Graham Arnold, whose yeah. style is not that dissimilar. No, I think. And, and, I think players wise too. I, I, yeah, older players. But, I think for Aloisi, it's it's. Too soon. I think that we just... I don't want to disrespect the achievement that he's been able to get with this title win, but let's just give him another season or two in the A-League, see but, how but, it but shakes out. We he, need consistency. Hear me out, hear me out here. He gets his brother Ross to sit next to him in the national team. We get that little anger in the tunnel and on the bench. We don't need... Uh, we need to do ang- something. <laughs> anger is not what we need. We're, we're missing we the point win. with all this win. sort of stuff. And I, and I would say the same thing about Tony Popovich. I do not want Tony Popovich as the Socceroos manager for the exact same reasons that I don't want John Aloisi as, as the Socceroos manager. This is true. At, well, at we, least Aloisi has, the, has more um, intense PR benefits. I think it will happen eventually, but yeah. I, I'm not ready for it to happen yet. I think... The only time we had a you know of Reese of late that we had an Australian manager who worked really well, mm. uh, we hound, certain people hounded him out the door and it was a complete disaster. The only one we had who really did a decent uh, job in some respects in terms of delivering a trophy for the national side, uh, we hounded him out of the the door and look where he is now. Well, we can hound, we can hound the current one in a second where we can go through the squad yeah. the Socceroos. Yes, yeah. exactly. One, one final point before we do yep. get into the, the, the Socceroos. Um, obviously, we, we've talked about all the good stuff to come out of Western United. I have just one final question because you are a Melbourne City fan. Yes. Uh, about City to reflect back on this season because it is it is a pretty bitter pill for, for them to swallow, I think, to, yep. to not just lose the grand final, uh, having finished top, having fancied themselves for it pretty much all season – and that's internal as well as external. Uh, to lose it to Western United, I think, would have been pretty painful for them as well, uh, given they are clubs that sort of deal with similar sort of issues off the yep. field at times. But I want to ask you, as someone who is a supporter of Melbourne City, and I've, I've put this question out to a few people over the last week, let's go back to the start of the season because we did the same thing with Western. Mm-hmm. At the start of the season... Melbourne City were coming in to this A-League campaign having done the the Premier and Championship double. Yep. They had hypothetically, or in some people's view rather, 
improve their squad. Having brought in Matt Lecky, Lecky a yeah. storied soccerer, having playing experience mm-hmm. in the, the top five leagues. So they were the reigning champions. They'd made their squad better. And at the end of the campaign, yes, they've won the premiership, but they didn't beat a single top four side in regular time all year, regular season as well as finals. Adelaide United was the first time they did mm-hmm. it in the finals. Yeah. They've been comprehensively outplayed in the grand final, which they have much more experience of playing in than a Western United, mm-hmm. for example, or some of the Western United players. Um, comprehensively outplayed. In the context of that, the reigning champions, they've made their team better mm-hmm. and they've lost resoundingly without having beaten a top four team regular time. Does this go down as, a f- like, and when you factor in the Asian Champions League too, does this go down as a, as a failed season for Melbourne City in your book? Is it a, a letdown? Is it a failure? Is I think, it, is I it think I th- worse? Yeah, I think it's a, less, a letdown because they come into the season, so they, they win the um, the Premier's plate, so it's not, and they go to the Asian Champions League, they didn't lose in the Asian Champions League, but they didn't progress. City Football Group from taking over the Melbourne Heart Licence and talking about success and success in Asia. And for them, it's got to be about winning trophies. And they would come into the final series expecting this time we're going to have Jamie McLaren, we're going to have um, uh, all of our Socceroos available for finals, which they did have. Um, the start of the season, they also, Nathaniel Atkinson was still on the books. He hadn't gone to Scotland just yet. And he's, you know, one of the shining mm. lights of the Australian team and the Socceroos. Sorry. Shining light of the Olympic team and the Socceroos. So, yeah, I think it is a failure. They would probably wake up going, we should have won that. We were the best team of the year. We finished yeah. on top and we've missed out and we're at home and you never get a better if, sort of if not, If not externally, then I think internally hmm. it will definitely be seen as a failure. And I, I really so. do hope that this, the way, the, not just the disappointment of losing the grand final, but the manner in which they lost the grand final. I do hope this brings about a bit of introspection for... For City, because my overwhelming feeling at the end of the game, particularly with Tilio not starting, coming on as an impact sub when the game was dead, is that maybe there's an extent to which Patrick is Norbo and City, like they don't, for me, don't actually have a fundamental understanding of what makes them good. Mm. Because you think back to the grand final last year, the best part of that grand final, which they won, was that the likes of Kolakowski and Tilio were given that chance, and, and they, yeah. and Atkinson as well. And they bossed it on the day. Yep. And since then, we've seen Kolakowski barely feature for minutes. He's probably out the door now. Mm-hmm. Tilio, despite being a strong player, hasn't consistently started um, because of this kind of standing order of respecting the appreci- uh, the experienced heads. You know, Scott Jamison, safe position despite the form of Geordie Boss yep. because he's the captain. Naboo. Matthew Lecky, soccer. Naboo, who, when was the, like, Naboo has not done, in my view, nearly enough to warrant his starting spot ahead of Atelio, for example, and yet he's been a consistent starter. I just hope, and whether or not it happens is another question, that the way things have, have broken for them invites them to think, what is actually good about our sort of city project? What sure. makes this I appealing... Think- both to our fans and to the outside world of Australian football. So we're going to, um, I guess the last few months, Berenguer was injured and Aidan O'Neill didn't feature as well, who we were pretty pretty key cogs in that team. We're going to lose Connor Metcalf to Germany. Um, Tilio, for more reports, is, is overseas. Uh, we'll, we'll head overseas as well. So there's a chance for them to reload and, uh, and have another look at it, I guess, which they'll probably be doing because I reckon they need a bit of a refresh. Yeah, well, they've already sprung for one fresh new uh, young talent, obviously mm-hmm. Callum Talbot coming across. 
from Sydney FC. I, re- I really do hope that he's um, he's not the last because I think that youthful zeal is is something they should be. They diverted from it need this year. Embrace. They need yeah, to yeah. they yep. need to lean into it more because it was actually what made their team, the championship winning team for me, uh, so appealing. Even if it was out of injury, even if it was out of necessity. So yeah, plenty of work to do. I think. Uh, at the drawing board.